Broadcasting live from the Grey Havens on the plain of Arda, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me is Cameron. Huh? And Kathleen. Hooray! And today we are doing a Q&A where we A some of your cues. But before we get into that, a reminder, of course, that Tap Tap Concede is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Please check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. For all of your cardboard needs, pre-order yourself some Commander Masters if you can stomach it, or some, you know, Lord of the Rings, whatever you feel like. Get yourself some 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 singles. They'll ship singles anywhere in the world, and very, very fast. And I mentioned last time they have that cool deck builder that you can do, where you can just take a deck list and put it into their thing, and it'll be like, great, here it all is in paper, like... Super, super quick, and there's filters you can set like the quality that you're like minimum acceptable quality or what printings you want and all oh, that. Oh, can you set your maximum acceptable quality so you can see, go the, the the cheapest possible? Yes, 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 you can do that. And of course, if you tell them loading ready run sent me button, please, you'll get a little one ish button, which I believe currently still says, I think we're just Dan Dan here. You can get your Dan Dan get, together. Get, you can get a Dan Dan deck Dan together Dan. while love, we're at Car Kick. When we were at Magic Fest Minneapolis, Trick said that he'd made a green variant of Dan Dan featuring Wild Mongrel. Which oh. so it was all centered around because like you discard to Wild Mongrel to mm-hmm. to give it plus one plus one. Ooh. It's, it's called Dog Dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's testing it currently. We'll, we'll keep you posted. Uh, also, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun or by leaving super thanks here on the YouTube channel if you're watching it there. I like that you can do super thanky things. Mm-hmm. Like It's like, I, I mean, it's like monetization like everything is. But I like that they're just like, look, this one has a ridiculous name. Yep. We're leaning into it. I don't know. Give them a super thank. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Commander Masters, before we get into the Q&A, uh, it's, I've, what, I, what I was saying there was uh, that the general consensus I'm seeing is looks, looks cool, is very expensive. And it is. Uh, but if you want to see it in action to you know maybe make a call on it, the pre-pre-release for Commander Masters is coming up uh, at time of airing of this episode this Friday, which at time of recording means... A week from today. <laughs> yeah, I gotta edit that draft so that yeah. we're gonna be showing you. We got Commander all day for you. We're gonna be doing an eight-person draft, and then the way that it works normally with Commander Masters is, of course, or with like Commander Legends and a Commander draft format is you do an eight-person draft and then divide into two pods of four. So we're doing both games. So you're gonna get to see both games out of that draft, and then four players are also gonna do a sealed build. And then we're going to do a sealed game as well. So three games of Commander that day on the PPR, plus other fun stuff. So you're going to want to tune in for that. The day prior uh, is the full deck reveal for the Eldrazi Unbound deck, which will also be on this channel. That's on the 20th. Um, a reminder that Commander Masters being a master set is all reprints. Uh, some of them people have really been wanting for a while. Uh, and the... Uh, so there's no, there's no new cards in the main deck or in the main set, but there, uh, in the f- in the four um, commander decks, there are forty new cards across them. So there's ten new cards for each deck. So we'll we'll show you all the reprints and, and all the new cards for the Eldrazi Unbound deck and, later this week. Yeah, and some of those cards have names and flavor text. Ooh. That's... Even old cards could have new flavor text. Yeah. So read it and appreciate it and think of your hardworking flavor text. We did our spoiler video for Deadly Rollick, uh, which people are very excited to see. I didn't realize. I was 
I'm not as tuned in to like the commander metagame and like what cards are worth what not cards even what they're desirable. worth but like yeah like what cards are desirable or whatever so I, I i looked it up before doing the video and deadly rollick had only been printed once in the commander decks for icoria which feel like got lost to time because they came out in april 2020 oh, mm. that's, um, that's rough yeah and uh it's a like it's just a free it's free removal it's uh right it's it's like four mana or free if you control your commander, exile a creature, right? So it's only been printed once, and it's going on Card Kingdom for like thirty-three dollars. Uh, so it was a very good reprint. People are excited to see. It's a whole cycle. There's one in each color, and um, at least one or two others have been spoiled already. So I assume. I truly do not know. I assume the full, the full cycle is is in the thing. But people were also very excited to see that it hadn't been like upshifted to mythic or something it's no it's it's rare it's available there also there's a new art version that's borderless featuring judith from ravnica with new flavor text from kathleen on it because kathleen was on the creative text text team for the for the set and i was like i love judith yeah i want to write flavor text for judith uh so i wrote a lot of suggestions for that Mm -hmm. there's a question about creative text actually coming up uh which I think is a fine... Why am I pregnant my phone? We can put them on the screen. Fine segue into... Uh, these are some questions. Now, we solicited these questions uh, in two places. Uh, one is on the LRRMTG Twitter account, which still functions, but uh, less and less every day. Uh, and from the LRRMTG Mastodon account over on kind.social. Uh, you can sign up on any Mastodon server you choose, but a bunch of us are over on kind.social if you want to check that out. Um, uh, including the Loading Ready Run and LRR MTG accounts as well. We got a lot of responses uh, in both places. So it's a it's a thriving uh, community over there. I'm so, yeah. constantly surprised by how how popping off my Mastodon mentions are. Yeah, it's it's great. And uh, no one owns it and there's no, uh, there's no algorithm. So it is chronological timeline of people you follow only. It's great. Or hashtags you follow for example i i follow the magic the gathering hashtag because why not and there's a lot of a lot of interesting conversations going on in there so that's cool um so yeah we we asked for questions in both those places and james uh so you can blame him uh picked the questions um and he was you know he was he was trying to be very fair so there's five from twitter and five from mastodon and uh let's 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 get into it first question on the day is from David, how do you think the upcoming standard sets will handle the consequences of the Phyrexian invasion, and how would you want them to handle it? Uh, I want them to handle it well. <laughs> yeah. Good. Next question. Yeah. I, mean, I, I imagine that we're going to get into a lot of story beats yeah. that are dealing with that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, because we know that Eldraine, we know that the Kenris are dead, so the, and the courts are all decimated, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. So yeah. I assume that they're going to be getting... I assume that will give them a lens to go back to previous planes. And without being like, there's a big conflict here, mm-hmm. they, can show, they can show that they have changed some way. And they can show a, a new sort of organizational lens over things. Yeah. Or maybe new factions are in power, and that allows them to sort of reinterpret mechanics so they can go back without necessarily wrecking a place in the set yeah well i mean like you have to imagine that that all of these places are now uh suddenly aware that there is a multiverse mm, mm. um and that 
that multiverse can be extremely dangerous. Yeah. And that elements of their societies um, decided that that was awesome and that they were all in with it. And that that didn't work out so hot. Um, so, you know, you have the immediate after effects of this devastating war, right? Mm-hmm. Where, as it turns out, you can't trust a lot of people, but you have to now present like you have this recontextualization yeah. right it would be like first contact for humanity mm-hmm. right with an alien species um and it you know it's it's by its nature going to change how you interact with your universe if suddenly you realize that you are part of a mar- much larger um uh interplanar society mm. that is developing so you know you have that Right. You also have the fact that like people are just going to go to Kamigawa and be like, "Wow, this place rules." Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking should, like, there's going to be here. a lot of like restaurant guides that quickly get published. Yeah, uh- yeah exactly. <laughs> right. Like a motorcycle on L Drain is going to be like, well, oh, this, this is a great idea." Whoa, this rips. Yeah. So like we're all going to be wearing like I don't know Kamigawa and blue jeans and listening to their rock music. Um, but I, I I really like the idea that each of these places will bring its own like you know, mechanical influence to that, right? Like, what if on Ravnica, people are suddenly aware that the guilds aren't this ever uh, ultimately, like, magically stable, um, ever-present, unshakable thing? Well, I mean, part of the reason that uh, uh, the Ravnican guilds are this, you know, surprisingly resilient thing is because I was doing some uh, reading into Ravnica and apparently there is like the, the actual plane of Ravnica has magic that runs through it mm-hmm. that funnels the cooperation of the guilds. Right, yeah. yeah and the... like, it's like literally built on like cooperative magic, which is right. why it's so stable, despite what everything is happening, which yeah. I think is interesting. Well, it's a very kind of like dystopian interpretation of cooperation. Yes. Right? <laughs> Where um, it reminds me a bit of Orwell writing it in the immediate aftermath of the Second World War, talking about like, you know, the, the nuclear weapons will result in these hideously stable um states that haven't been seen since antiquity right right because no everybody will be too afraid to interrupt the status quo essentially right but what if people on ravnica are suddenly like wait we can just go somewhere else (laughs) yeah we can just go somewhere else we don't have to live like this um basically i'm saying upheaval (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, in Ravnica's case, literally, they were the 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 realm breaker literally raised parts of the Undercity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that's fine. Yeah, it's not where they made all their food or anything. No, no, no. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, the next set is called Wilds of Eldraine because, you know, as you said, the courts are in shambles, and so we're now getting to explore the wilds of Eldraine yeah. beyond, you know, not that we didn't go into like, you know, the swamps and the forests and stuff before, but now we're apparently going even further beyond those realms where it's, you know, yeah, the, the, it's, at, at least that's from what little they've told us about the set. That's the impression that I have. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That, that, um, there's kind of like this fey unformed place. Yeah. Um, and also wasn't Garrick watching, or watching over or hanging out with the Kenriths, and wasn't he just absent from everything to do with the invasion? Sir, not appearing in this invasion? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the safest place to be is off stage. Yeah. Um, I mean, they basically... didn't have room for everyone. Though, oh, I right? know. But I mean, you know, he's Garrick, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm also trying not to, like, 
fall into the trap of immediately post-Soviet collapse, liberalism triumphs. It's the end of history. Uh, it's going to be like this forever mm-hmm. saw, in space. I saw a meme that was just history as mm-hmm. Mo. Oh, yeah. Or as Barney and Francis Fukuyama as Yeah, as throwing Mo. him out of the bar. <laughs> comes back. Yeah. Um, I also really like the one of Francis Fukuyama pointing a gun at you, saying, like, end history. I am no longer asking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we think it'll be exciting. We don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a good chance to do to go back to a new plane with a new twist or go, an old favorite with a new twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also really excited for Tezzeret to like come out of his bunker, oh, yeah. having assumed that the, you know, the multiverse was going to be absolutely flattened and that he was in this completely unassailable place. Oh, and a fucking e- etherborn tourist comes up to him and says, "Wow, I've never gotten here before, right?" Yeah. I just think cer- <laughs> I just think certain types of multiversal beings would be more open to tour uh a multiplanar mm. tourism and I think etherborn because they don't technically need to eat or breathe, mm. right? Would be very like, you know, would make good travelers and they love new experiences. Yeah. 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 I mean, they the cards are literally called Live Fast, Die Young. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, I got sucked into a whirlpool. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. This is from an innocuous blue cube who asks, what's the thought process behind picking up a preset deck list to play with and are there any things to look forward to see if you'll gel with it? As a stubborn beginner, I'm often left trying to figure out what the deck's even meant to do. Interesting. What's the thought process behind picking up a preset deck list. I remember when I when we started getting into magic there was like a lot more derision about the concept of net decking. Mm-hmm. There was like this this notion that for magic to be, you know, pure. A, yeah, a pure expression of the game that you had to brew your own decks. Mm-hmm. Uh um this is among I would say that this was among like intermediates, right? Yeah. If it makes sense that like beginners were like, "Oh, cool, a deck list. Great. I'll grab it and play it." And the intermediate people were like, "Pa, you know, not brewing your own deck." And then the pros were like, "No, we obviously take each other's deck lists. That's the what what are you mad?" Yeah. You, you, Do you, you want to win? <laughs> you think you think everything happens in a vacuum? Yeah. So, um uh I don't know what you mean necessarily by what's the thought process behind it, but you you should. I mean, you should there's so many deck lists out there. As a consummate net decker, because I'm not a brewer, I just like to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to play. Uh, first of all, I try to pick a deck in colors that I like, which for me is usually black, some sort of black base. So if you have a favorite color, play that color, mm-hmm. which I, this sounds like ridiculous advice, but you know, you're going to be much happier, right? <laughs> playing mm-hmm. cards that you sort of enjoy playing with. And then uh, basically, if you are picking a deck list and it comes from any kind of website or anything like that uh it might have a write-up on what the sort of game plan is right mm-hmm. um but you could just read all the cards and you know look at all the abilities and say oh, okay this card cares about getting plus one plus one counters mm-hmm. this card can move plus one plus one counters this card is a combat tra- and you sort of like you know basically most decks will have some sort of synergy there's not too many decks that are just here's the piles of all the most relevant cards but mm-hmm. some of them are in mm-hmm. that case play powerful cards win game yeah. right i mean i'll tell you anytime there's like a special event on arena like one of the free midweek magic things or even the thing that's like 
you buy in for 2000 gold and you win some fancy looking basics or whatever like there is right now there's the, the like the the two command towers thing uh i just google the name well i actually use duckduckgo but anyway the point is i i i use internet search to uh just of the name of the of the event on arena and then i get the result usually from etherhub or uh, mtga zone is a big one um and it, they're like yep this event is happening here's how you play the event and here's like 10 options for deck lists and i just sort of look through them and it'll be like this deck wants to it'll be like one sentence it'll be like this is an aggressive red deck okay cool this is a green black counters deck and i'll be like oh okay that sounds fun and i'll just huck that in my thing and usually it takes me like one or two wild cards to to continue fleshing it out your mileage may vary i have a lot of wild cards kicking around because i only play limited except for these situations and i just then I just jam in the jam in the thing. Knowing what a deck is trying to do is you sort of have to either like suss that out or ask somebody or hope that wherever you got the deck list from explains it. Um, or you just sort of play with it. And then you kind of, you know, if you have that opportunity, if you have the cards or um, or the wild cards, if you're playing in Paper Arena, uh, and then you'll sort of realize like, oh, wait a minute, this thing synergizes with this thing. And oh, I get it now, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a sort of... You just got to get in there and give it a shot. Yeah, your favorite content creators probably have also put <laughs> out deck lists. Like, I know that we put out commander deck lists for mm-hmm. PPRs and stuff like yeah. that. And, like, you know, speaking of PPRs, the last uh, the last PPR we had Chase, uh, and Mana Curves, and Power Dragon on, and both of them put out deck lists fairly frequently for different formats and stuff like that. So find a content creator that is making content for the format that you're wanting to play and see what they're putting out there. And maybe you don't love their builds, and that's okay, you know? Yeah. Find someone you vibe with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Next question from Duck Squawk. Given you have all now had experience on the Creative Text team at Wizards of the Coast, what is a previous set from Magic History that you wish you had been on that team for? Ooh. Lorwyn. Mm. Fallen Empires. <laughs> mm. I, I don't know. I love... Uh, the the conceit of all of the flavor text in Fallen Empires being taken from histories. Mm. Um, I, I I just love that. You know, it's when you when you're reading a, a fantasy novel or a science fiction novel, and there's an epigram in it from you know like some kind of historical treatise set in universe, mm. right? And I'm just like, yes, yeah, it's the Vince McMahon like meme progression <laughs> like when there's an epigram in your sci-fi text when it's from an in-universe historical text when it references a battle that is not mentioned at all in 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 the story whatsoever oh. when it's in pen, iamic pentameter <laughs> right oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like i love stuff like that i love yeah. i love big universe lore telling where it's just it's a you know there's just you reference other things that don't get expounded upon that they're way over there and then they just make the world feel very big and then later as magic loves to do you can then later revisit them right like mm-hmm. eventually you can give as miranda martica dyson Kuldakar her own card right which just she was just a person who wrote stuff referenced on earlier yeah mm-hmm. earlier things and then basalt eventually gar- basalt gargoyle it's something like that yeah, yeah. like yeah. i think there was two cards or something yeah, yeah. um and it's, it, I, I love stuff like that. Yeah. yeah like the uh, Love Song of Night and Day in Mirage. Yeah. I think. And then that's a saga. Yeah. And then it becomes a saga. Brilliant. Very cool. I haven't answered. I can't, I can't think of one offhand. You guys had both had answers just like immediately. Well, it's just like Lorwyn has like 
It's very you. It's like if somebody had to make up names that sounded like Ungleblatt Snarp Thieper. <laughs> <laughs> like. I think it's a Shadow or Eventide. I think it's Eventide has one of my favorite card names of all time, which is uh, Gravel Gill Axe Shark. I can't believe that they printed that one in all seriousness. Oh. I think it's, I think it's, I think it beats out Plax Caster Frogling. But yeah, yeah Gravelgill Axe Shark is I, such a good name. I saw Gravelgill Axe Shark when they played the curling club. <laughs> <laughs> they sucked. <laughs> uh, Shadowmore. All right. Shadowmore. Yeah. Yeah. And like, who's who's Terran? Right. Their sharp scales would make good armor if they just stayed dead. Says Terran Cinder Armor Keep. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's learn me, more about Terran. Sometime. Give me that contextless. Um, uh, uh, depth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Yeah. I don't know. I'll say, uh, uh, I'll say, un- I'll say unstable, a previous unset. Mm-hmm. Why, why not? I had fun on infinity. Yeah. I don't know. Flavor text just feels like, what's the stuff you scrape off the bottom of a, of a pot with red wine in order to make a root, like a sauce? Roux? Not a roux. It's... Like the stuff you put into the sauce. Like oh, the... like the oh, like, like when you're you deglazing. Yeah, deglazing a pot. Yeah. yeah, the the burnt the burnt end the leavens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're you know just it's it's like the same flavors that mm. you get in the meal that you're preparing, but they've been deepened and sweetened. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Ooh I love that. All right, it's almost like it's some kind of flavor text. Very oh. good, Cameron. You got there in the end. <laughs> Next. From King of Doma, any properties you think absolutely should not be made into a universe's beyond set? Dead or alive um. beach volleyball? <laughs> not even just dead or alive, specifically the beach volleyball. But they could have a uh, they could have a gift giving mechanic. <laughs> I would uh, I would agree with that. And um, stickers. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. If I ever have to play someone's Captain America commander deck. Mm. Uh, no, I mean not even. It's probably fine. It's actually probably totally fine. Probably. Um, they probably wouldn't do. I think. It, I think we said think this before. The they, yeah. Well, no, also Disney, Disney would also just make their own card game. Well, which they are. Yeah. Right. Lorcana is upon us. Yeah. Um. Let's look around the room here yeah. real quick. Uh, things that I don't adventure. want. The thing um, is, I keep I keep looking at things like Power Rangers. No, that that would that would work. Yeah, Dune. Like, no, yeah, that, I mean, that would rule. Ad- anything that's already been adapted successfully won't be on our set. I kind um, of want. I mean, I would kind of want a Magical Girls set. Oh, that'd be the Sailor Moon. Yeah, Sailor mm. Moon. I just saw Miyazaki. Mm. Yeah. I just saw Nightmare, and I was like, "No, that would that I would unironically yeah, buy that." I would wrestling. Yeah. yeah. WWE. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's you have to think of a really odious property. Yeah. Uh, uh, or just something that's like so inappropriate. Civilization. Ren and Stimpy. Ugh. Yeah. I don't think that would. No. I don't think that would fly. Oh, there's not enough good ideas. The problem is, most of the things on our shelves are actually things that we like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, so that, yeah don't look, look at the shelves. Yeah. Um, hmm. yeah, I had not seen this question at all, but Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball leapt into my mind. Yeah, that was it, amazing. Like, it like two neurons clacked together and said, "Oh God, we've been preparing for this moment." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then right to the right to the mouth. Perfect. Um, all right, great. Yeah, I think the, that's the, honestly the, a good answer. Yeah, was it trapped in the closet. 
<laughs> trapped in the closet versus universe. Oh my Beyonce. god! Yeah, for a variety of reasons. reasons. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next, from Addison Fox, what archetypes do you never get sick of drafting? Whether you have a specific format or something more universal in mind, the aristocrats. I mean, honestly, yeah, I love doing red black sacrifice stuff yeah. and draft if I, it can come together, right? Yeah, I love I love blue black control if it can come together, which it can in Lord of the Rings, and it's so exciting. I, like- I drafted a deck with so many like counter and kill spells and stuff like that. I almost forgot to take actual like creatures that did things. <laughs> mm. Ooh, I love decks like that. It's the, fine. I ended up with like a Kirith Ungle patrol and like the 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 troll and stuff like that. So it's like, well, I've got big creatures. It's like you're putting the deck together and it's you look at your creature count, it's like seven. And you're like, uh oh. Oh yeah. no, yeah, it was like that. But then I lit but I also had like nine cards that amassed, so I had plenty of dudes. I should All have right. taken the trebuchet though. Oh, oh yeah. the trebucket's great. Bucket's yeah, people good. are like meh on trebucket, and I'm yeah. like, no, trebucket is amazing if you have orcs because you just get to ping them for two. Bucket's yeah, great. and then like all of any any sack outlet loves the trebucket. Yeah. Mm. Um, and also, like, it loves to eat ring bearers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Delicious. The other archetype I like is usually it's a wizard's uh, typal oh, deck where yeah. uh, spells matter. Oh, I was I gonna love say, that. That's so fun. So mine is the is it spells deck. Uh, I, I guess I'm into A plus B plus C decks that just die to getting overrun by a giant D. <laughs> I'm a big Jesus. Say? Wow. I'm a yeah. I'm a big fan of like the Is It Spells deck with stuff like Thermo Alchemist and like mm-hmm. the even like in Lord of the Rings the um, Erebor Flamesmith. Like the the things that the things that give you extra value. I preferably damage uh, for casting the spells that you already want to cast anyway. There's yeah. A, there's a red blue piker from um, Brothers War called um, Third Path Iconoclast. Yep. Oh, yeah. that yeah. card's so good. Brand new Lander, um, Young Peasy, mm-hmm. uh, all-star. Mm. Um, I also really like the, the Kenra from March of the Machines. That flips oh, yeah. into like the, the oh, prowess, yeah, yeah. prowess, prowess, oh, prowess. That card. Oh, man. I was playing in a, a limited event where I had one of those guys out and was just like, you know, chipping in for damage and the opponent was having to commit more and more to the board mm-hmm. in order to like counter it and finally got to the point where I couldn't attack with it. So I played the battle that pinged everything for four. <gasps> Mm-hmm. That hits everything for four. Prowess, prowess, toughness five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lived through my own board wipe, and it was like, yes. Now I kill you. That, yeah. that deck, the Is It Spells deck from Return to Ravnica block, uh, with with the with the with the mechanic named Jumpstart, hmm. not the expansion, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jumpstart and uh, doing that particular Is It thing was very very fun. Actually, also in that. In that set was the blue black uh, control deck with um, disinformation campaign. Mm, mm-hmm. That uh, whenever you surveilled, you re- yeah, they- you could return it to your hand. How does James? I'm sorry. Could you bring up disinformation campaign? <laughs> now that we have internet and can do that, um, there was the uh, it was uh, yeah. When it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. Each opponent mm. discards a card, and then when you surveil, you put it back in your hand. Yeah. Right, so you just you just dismantle their their hand, and you just you know you you smooth out your draws, and then you mm-hmm. you cast um, uh, devious cover up the four mana counter that puts oh. four cards from your yeah. graveyard the, the back into your library. library. Yeah, oh. yeah, oh, yeah. That nothing, deck was silly. Nothing makes you feel like a galaxy brain more than doing blue black shenanigans. Mm-hmm. 
It's and despite stuff. not liking the format much, I still really enjoy the Scry deck in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Tales from Middle Earth, it's Magic fun. the Gathering, a Richard Garfield gaming experience. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you see there was a question on um, uh, Tom Scott's uh, um, no. lateral podcast recently, uh, the, the, the most recent episode of it, uh, I saw the clip on uh, TikTok actually, about um, the Deckmaster card back it was it was like it was like uh a like some playing cards released in 1993 had like a misprint like uh some some blue Mm. ballpoint uh and it has never it you know why has it never been corrected Mm -hmm. right this podcast is like they ask like very broad questions about one specific piece of trivia that everyone has to suss out what it is right and so people are sort of working out like finally they center in on like that it's magic the gathering um, but then like, why wouldn't it have been changed? And it's like, cause they've, they've updated the logo of the game and that's mm-hmm. still the same on the card back. You know, why is that? And it's, you know, it's the consistency of, so that you, so that all the, all the cards yeah, are not virtually same. marked, but apparently, and I've always thought this was the case. Apparently that is an apocryphal story. Yeah. I've heard that too, because it's like actually ballpoint pen. No, it's, it's meant to look like marble. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's what, which I is what thought. I, what I always thought it was. And then I heard someone say that it's like oh no it's actually it's actually uh, a pen uh, mark like yeah. a pen mark mm-hmm. and that was just sort of generally that, accepted but that wouldn't yeah. have even got through quality control in 1993 also what a great time capsule of design we have here because you can see the magic card back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just yeah i can you know, smell the comic textures that i was in when yeah. I was in 1993 yeah. Yeah. Well, we figured out how to render granite <laughs> <laughs> all right next question from Cornbread Craver 19. Any news about Friday nights? Yes, if you missed the uh, YouTube update, which if you only follow stuff on this channel, you could easily miss because, of course, it was on our main channel, um, that the intent had been to film Friday nights uh, to uh, already. The plan at the beginning of the year was to film the season of Friday nights in May because that was a great block of time between PPRs and conventions and various other commitments that we had. And then we moved, and unfortunately, the 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 moonbase move was unpredictable. It couldn't we couldn't pin down exactly when the moving was going to be happening. And uh, prior to, we had to you know pack up all the previous moonbase and get all our ducks in a row so that as soon as we got in here, we could hit the ground running, which would have worked great if it wasn't for the internet. And uh, so you know it 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 wasn't able to happen when we wanted it, and so rather than trying to find a uh, an awkward hole of time to, to sort of cram to, it in, yeah, to cram it in or like spread it out over over a couple different sort of shooting things. The plan now, the plan now uh, is that uh, in early fall, probably September ish, is when we're going to launch the crowdfunding campaign for it, and then. We're, That'll, uh, we'll do pre-production. You won't see part this part of it uh, in the uh, in the in the fall, and then actual production, which is say photography, filming the season, uh, will be happening in uh, January. Um, so I, you know, we're we're this wasn't what we wanted either, um, but there were you know a bunch of as I mentioned in the update as well. There was just some some personal stuff in people's lives, and primarily this move that just uh, made the whole thing a real challenge. So. Uh, it's still on the docket, and we can't wait to to do it. I'm really excited to do more Friday nights. So, so yes, there is more news. There you go. Next, 
Lastabond asks, what's the weirdest MTG merch or item you own in the office? We've got so much weird stuff. We have yeah. we have a like uh, Lexan Double Masters 2022 expansion symbol that's like this big. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then and very shiny. Yeah, and you can pull the front off, and there were booster packs in it. It's not even that thick. You wouldn't have thought that it you could do that, but it's no. like magnet sealed. Yeah, it's and, like a secret compartment. Wait, no, I know. It's the secret layer cornhole. Oh, With, yes. Without yeah. question, it's the secret layer. Yeah. We, we have cornhole. a secret layer branded cornhole set. Yeah. Which is... Fun. Yeah. Right? Like, cool. Honestly, yeah, enjoyable. Se- yeah, secret what? layer cornhole. I had no idea what cornhole was. Yeah. Other than Americans cornhole on... Was... Labor Day? At or the fair? Yeah. For those keeping score at home, if you're unaware, it's the game where there's a there's a, an inclined board, or in this case, a collapsible fabric thing, uh, with a hole in it, and you have a bean bag, and you chuck the bean from a distance. You chuck the bean bag at the hole, and you try to get it straight in. But if you can get it to like land on the board and slide up and in, and it's a competitive. You you go back and forth, and there's points. And anyway, yeah. It's but for for whatever reason, it's called cornhole. And yeah, last last summer they were doing their like secret layer summer of awesome or whatever it was called, and they sent us this. It was like a a cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like this wood secret layer cladding, and inside it was like a uh, like a like a m- drink mixing set, uh, and this and this like collapsible secret layer cornhole yeah. with beanbags. It's, it's like American curling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's got to be one of the weirdest things we have. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the floor on weird objects in this office is so preposterously high yeah. that it's kind of meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> we have a new Capenna, um, we have a piece of new Capenna stemware mm-hmm. that came with like uh, blue edible glitter that you're supposed to mix in with water to make it look like you're drinking Halo. We also have just like a mixed media collage piece that just says bees with an exclamation point. Yeah, that's not magic related. But no, it's not magic yet. related, but I don't know what it's related to or why we have it. I mean, it was obviously sent to us and mm-hmm. it's cool. So it's it's like up in our office, but I'm like, what is the meaning of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Next. From Matai Raphael. Or Matty, pardon me. There's been a lot of booster fun variants. Mm. Do you guys have a particular treatment that is your favorite? Ooh. Um, I really like the ones that I've seen from Commander Masters so far. The ones where it's like the the legendary creature in profile. Oh, Those yeah. Those are cool. The portraits. Yeah. Yeah they're, yeah. they're they're meant to be like evocative, high contrast portraits with flavor text that is like quotes from the character on yeah. that is on the card. I mean, they remind me a bit, and I'm going a little uh, outside the lines here, but in Warhammer 40k, many years ago, there's an army called the Imperial Guard, which are just like baseline humans. Mm. And in Warhammer 40k, their equivalent of legendary creatures are called special characters, mm. who are named characters from the setting that you can put into your army. And for the Imperial Guard Codex, in one edition, all of the artwork for them was in the style of like a Napoleonic portrait mm. of the character. So, mm. but the nature of the setting was that it was kind of like all these techno-barbarians mm. who like had to put on this uniform with frogging and epaulets and sit still for a portrait. It's like where where do you, where should I where should I look? It's like off in the distance. What what am I looking at? 
something that makes you feel calm. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, wow. I'm a big fan of the storybook treatment from original Eldraine. Mm -hmm. um, not just the the border, but the the art style mm. that was a part of it. Yeah, it was kind of like very... Um, like wispy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Very sort of ethereal kind of stuff. Um, the uh, what Oak, Oakham Ranger, the one that it's like, it was like... There you go. Four, yeah, four yeah. Selesnia, right? It's just, it's very, very cool. All those filigree viney bits. Yeah, and the, the storybook thing with the adventure on one side and the other thing on the other side. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, the, was, you're right, yeah. What was the... Um, uh, the Kamigawa ones were pretty cool. I'm trying to think of what other... Actually, I quite like the the Ravnica, uh, the sort of the like retroactively created Ravnica showcase frame that they made for the March of the Machine bonus sheet, mm -hmm. where you have all the sort of prog inspired, um, not like prog, roof, yes, prog. roof line, yes. yeah. yeah, architecture, uh, yeah, all the roof lines and stuff, and like the 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 color of the roofs and the buildings change depending on the color of the creatures. So like. Um, Tasa's. Tasa or Judith. Judith, yeah. Um, just if James is looking for. We love Tasa. We love Judith around here. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Big big fans of both of those. Want to see if. Uh, Iconic ladies getting it done. James scrambling to find. I think I can't see. For him. certain values of it. Yeah. I am looking, but I don't see them. Look on for like alternate all. printings of Tasa Karlov. Because I'm pretty sure it was just Tasa Karlov. Maybe it was is a it different Judith? Tasa. It's, it's currently not helping that Scryfall is not responding. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, Scryfall's under maintenance right now, isn't it? Oh. Oh, well, bad time to record a podcast. Joke's yeah. on us. Well, you'll just have to imagine the art. Yeah. Like our audio-only listeners are. Yeah. Do do like them. Also, oh, oh, there oh, we go. No, yeah. he's got it. Okay. Oh, yeah, and the Mukai-inspired, like, uh, design on those mm. cards are incredible. Right, yes, of course, he is also yes. from Prague, yes. uh, which is the city that inspired Ravnica. And the uh, cobblestones and, behind the text box. Mm, yeah, I love that texture in Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, the Animal Crossing-inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'd like to... That is an inappropriate magic... Set Animal Crossing. You think so? Yeah. Well, because yeah. magic's all about battling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Animal Crossing is much more like peaceful than that. I feel yeah. like they're. It's not that there isn't lots of good characters that you could put in and stuff yeah, like that. I, I would feel weird dismembering like. Tom Nook. Yeah. Right? Like the. the Bad example. But. <laughs> Isabel. Cherry. Yeah. Yeah. Sherb? Oh, oh poor oh. Sherb. No. Right? Like, we can't, yeah, yeah. it's just that, you know, the philosophies of the two franchises lack sufficient alignment. Mm -hmm. The vibes are off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the vibes are off. The vibes are off. Yeah. Uh, all right, next question. From, oh gosh, Secret Agent P. There we go. Sorry, there was some leet in there. Uh, with the price of magic exceeding many players' budgets now, has magic become a game for content creators and investors? more than the actual players that's an interesting question i think it's a good question to ask because mm -hmm. so you know 
it's, prices are going up. Prices of everything are going up. Prices of magic are going up. So I'm not trying to excuse excuse magic. I don't I don't think it's becoming a game for content creators and investors more than actual players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does not surprise me that there are actual there are not actual players. First of all, content creators are also actual players. Yeah, that's I I, I legitimately all... play Magic the Gathering. Yeah. yeah. Um, investors, that's a that's a different thing. I, surely there's better things to invest in. Surely you get a better rate of return on How something. You put your than fucking money in. in the bank or pay taxes on it like a normal fucking person. <laughs> I mean, we hmm. try not to swear on the Magic content, <laughs> but you but you, did, you did it earlier. Anyway, I agree with the uh, sentiment though. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, where was I going with that? Um, right, it, I got distracted by actual players. Um, I think that there are, uh, I, w- I would say, a significant number of players that are finding it uh, harder to buy stuff just because there is so much of it, and it is you know the the costs are going up, and I mean everyone's feeling pinched on everything. Uh, these days and it's like well if something's got to give it's probably going to be leisure mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know i don't i i i don't love the framing of your question though i agree that magic is getting too expensive is that is that a valid response i feel that my response is that magic is very expensive but you do not have to buy the expensive magic cards to have a good time playing magic no you sure don't you can mm-hmm. you can play with your local playgroup you can put together commander decks you can make a cube and like all of this requires some sort of outlay of money but you probably have magic cards around already right mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know so i'm not saying that you have to you know drop $2000 making a cube and then you're done but buying magic cards what i'm saying is you can kind of use what you have and brew some janky kitchen table decks because like unless you're like making content or going to the pro tour or something like that you don't necessarily need to keep up on every trend right you don't need to play everything just play what you like Mm -hmm. you love original conspiracy those cards are out there that's great you could still keep playing it you know you Mm -hmm. don't have to stop I mean, you're fully free to play on Arena. Too. I am a fully. You've, I I will never put money into a <laughs> too cheap. Well, I, I have to. I'm I do paying but. other things. Right? Like, you know, Penelope was asking me the other day. She's like, "What's all this stuff in Marvel Snap?" And I was like, "Well, that's them trying to get you to pay money." And she's like, "Oh, real money? Don't do you not pay?" And I was like, "No, I'm not giving them any money because I'm using my money to pay for our house and our food, Penelope. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't have money to be putting into like a million little games." No. So, yeah, but you can play free-to-play on Arena as long as you like um, playing um, standard or some kind of format that lets you grind out dailies, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I don't mind. And so I just make some janky standard decks for my draft winnings, and, like, I don't have an incredible collection, but, like, it's not bad. You keep on top of whenever there's stonks in the store? Oh, yeah, I always get my stonks, and, yeah, I've got, like, 10,000 gems right now. I've put zero money into the game. And I've had more gems than that because I, if I know I'm going to have a lot of time to play, I'll buy the Mastery Pass as well to sort mm. of keep my value going. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Cameron, do you have thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, like, I'm a content creator. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of money to put into Magic, but I still enjoy playing it, right? Um yeah, I I mean, I guess as a content creator, I get to play a limited game of Magic every couple of months for the PPR for free. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but pre pre release or pre releases are not expensive to go to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think I don't know. I think some of this is um, something that we've hit on before, which is so Wizards has. This is a point Wizards has made before, which is the like, uh, well, this product might not be for you, and they've received some amount of derision for that, uh, which I don't think is necessarily wholly unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, you know, like, I don't think any individual Magic player should be engaging with every one of these endless products they're releasing mm-hmm. like I, I i think that's a actively bad idea yeah um for certainly monetarily right and so uh, i think that you want to sort of decide how you are engaging with the game and uh only do it that way like you you might not have to pay attention to commander masters at all yeah yeah, like if if anything Maybe else, some singles you pick up later. Yeah, because they're cheaper now because the Commander Masters came out, and hopefully that's the case, right? But like, uh, you know, you maybe you just ignore Lord of the Rings because you know you don't need you don't to. Care. Yeah, you know, I I I encourage people to. <laughs> this is this is weird from a magic podcast on a magic channel where we make a ton of content about magic. I encourage you to care a little less about it, right? Like just. You know, do do what you enjoy, and if and if uh, trying to, you know, if you're finding it too expensive, and, or you are stressing out about all the the again the endless trough of product that Wizards is releasing, uh, you know, pump your brakes a little bit and refocus. I'm not saying don't play the game. I just you know. Do it in a way that doesn't cost you so much money. Yeah, I guess. magic should be fun for you, and if it's not yeah. fun, take a bit of a break. Yeah, then <laughs> and, and then to make it fun again. I, I do think investing in magic cards is a silly investment. There's got to be better ways to spend your money. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, if you want messing if, it up for other people. Yeah, if you want, if you really gotta bet on something, why not buy stock? Yeah. So if you, if I, if if I ever got my hands on a Lord of the Rings collector booster and opened a serialized Sol Ring, you think I'm not selling that for thousands of dollars to someone who wants to invest in a serialized Sol Ring? Oh, no. Yeah, I, mean, I, will, I will gladly accept your money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and then on to what I think is the last question, though James can correct me if I'm wrong. That is correct. All right. Uh, from Ann Lurkin. Who says, with the introduction of omen paths connecting different planes together, which non-planeswalker would you like to see in which plane living their best life? Ooh. Hmm. I'm always up to revisit what Gisa and Geralt are up to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, we know from their from, from the March of the Machine story that the dead on Innistrad act differently than the dead in, uh, on other planes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it could be interesting to see them try to... Do you know ghoul calling and stitching on other? On yeah, other just being like, what do you mean? What's illegal? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also that. Yeah. 
Well, I just, it would be so depressing because like when Liliana went to Innistrad, she was just like, oh my God, I love it here. Mm-hmm. The dead are just like, they're just, they want to come out of the ground. This is incredible, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm so powerful on this plane, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I can imagine Gisa and Garolf going to another plane and being like, ah, and they get like one rat skeleton or something like that. And they're just like, yeah, this like, place sucks. Oh, I could see I could see Gisa having a real breakdown. Yeah, skill issue. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think. Oh, oh my God! Writing prompt idea: the first multiversal necromantic conference. Mm. <laughs> mm. I think which Garolf organizes, but Gisa crashes. Obviously, yeah, right. yeah. It's in like some kind of airport motel on Kaladesh. <laughs> say. <laughs> I love this. Oh. Uh, I'd like to see a bunch of the Strixhaven students who I assume survived the invasion. They all, all the main, all the, the your the students ma- survived. All, all your main, well, not every student survived. Well, presumably. not every student, but like all, all your important ones. Simone that had and names. Ruth and Killian. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd like to see Killian, you know, go to like Ravnica or somewhere where he'll be appreciated. Well, mm-hmm. the uh, well, Quintoria sparked. Yes. yes. So presumably the we'll be seeing him some other time. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, what else? Who else is, like, interesting? Who else is not appreciated on their home plane? Who would thrive somewhere else? Hmm. I'm trying to think of, like, maybe someone from, like, New Capenna? Yeah? Or Kaldheim? I'm just trying to think of each set and think of legendaries from that set and then, like... Ooh. I'd like to see some of, like, the, 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 the... Like yakuza style mob bosses of of Kamigawa, you know, mm-hmm. recruited, getting new recruits mm. for their cool motorcycle gangs on like yeah. Kaladesh or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The Grease some, Fang goes to Kaladesh. Yeah, yeah an interplanar oh. racing league. <gasps> oh, yeah, wacky races. Oh, street racer themed, uh, or a speed racer themed. You uh, got. Fast and the Furious, Universes Beyond. <laughs> You've got Essica and Grease Fang and... Uh, uh, oh, who's the Dwarven pilot? Legendary. Oh, DePaula. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, oh, there's some others, I'm sure. Oh, that would be good. Uh, Najal, the Storm Runner. Oh, it's yeah. Just real fast. <laughs> just, just on foot. <laughs> that's the art. They're like... Pew, yeah. They're sprinting. Well, that's very funny. I like that a lot. Yeah, I don't know that that question more than any of them is given. There's too many good answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, interesting. Okay, I'm gonna have to think about that one. But I think for today, uh, that does it for tap to half concede. Thanks you everybody who submitted questions, even if we didn't get to yours specifically. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, thanks for thanks for asking your cues. I hope you uh, hope hope these were sufficient answers. Uh, until next time, a reminder, of course, that this show is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun and by Card Kingdom. Please check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. We really appreciate it. Uh, Eldrazi Unbound deck reveal this Thursday, pre-pre-release this Friday. Tune in for that, those. Uh, it's going to be a blast. The pre-pre-release, of course, is live um, on the Twitch channel. I should have said this at the top of the show. 10 a.m. Pacific time uh, on the Friday on twitch.tv slash loadingreadyrun, but the replay will be here on uh, YouTube 
slash LRRMTG as soon as we can get it up there, which is usually a day or two. Because um, it's just the file's real big is the main issue. So, yeah, tune in for that. Uh, until next time, I'm Graham, joined by Cameron huh? and Kathleen. Ah. <laughs> James has been on tech. Heather Gensley's online. Thank you all so much for watching. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody.